just one of those days. I don't know if it's, I think in general, people feel really hopeless and (laughs) tired. Yeah. But I think as you get older, it's one of those days where like, I didn't sleep that great the night before. And I had this like fantasy of like, we're going to go to the East side. Cause that's like where I spent all my twenties, like getting drunk and hanging out. Noah and I used to do that. So like Los Feliz, Los Feliz, Los Feliz. Silver Lake Echo Park. And we had heard of this cute coffee shop. Shout out to Canyon Coffee. We wanted to support some people. So we drove like the 30 minutes and you bring your baby. And I'm always so proud to be out with her. But like, it hits you in the face very quickly that like, no, you're not in your 20s anymore with a baby because like the sidewalks in this like only recently gentrified neighborhood are crumbled to pieces. It's like nothing has been repaired. and it's totally fine if you're young or if you're just walking around, but like with a baby stroller. And I noticed no one else had a baby stroller. And it's like, like a lot of people in my generation, I'm like, wait, we weren't done being young yet. And in my mind, we were going to get a coffee and shop, but like everything in LA, like very few things are clumped together. So it's like, well, there's one shop here. This one sells vintage clothes if you want to rifle through. And it was just like this day I had in my head that ended up, not being as great. And of course, then I was stressed, but the baby was perfect. And then I was just deeply tired. And then I don't know if any other mothers feel this way, but I just have really terrible thoughts about horrible things that could happen in the future to my child. Oh no. Just like a shitty way to go to bed and a shitty way to wake up. And then Tianfu threw up in the car on the way home from the audio. And it was just a lot of like nothing bad, but like not feeling good chemically. And uh, yeah. And uh, just, uh, I think, I don't know if a lot of people feel this way, but just like overall spiritual exhaustion. Mm. So, and that feeds into my bottom of the cob, which is something about being, we'll see. Uh, You have to get through a whole episode first before you can do your bottom of the cob. It's one of those horrible things that like the only way, it's not even to feel better, but like you have to pass it on to someone else. Like when something tastes gross, you're like, you got to try this. Um, but anyway, we're here. We're doing it. I'm in the midst of recording my audiobook, all things aside. I'm always reticent to tell people I have an audiobook because then they'll buy that, not the book. But it doesn't, because it's an archaic system, it doesn't count toward New York Times sales mm. if you buy the audio. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe just do both or just buy both. Promote literacy. Anyways, that will be out soon. Will you be, we might, will you be selling the book like autographed anywhere? Yes. Like you did with your last book? Because well, I always feel like that's cool to have like an autographed book. For sure. And I mean, right now it comes out October 11th. And mm-hmm. so there's only a few dates stateside where we can sell those. So it's like West Virginia and Columbus um, mm-hmm. to coincide with the opening. I'm sorry, the opening, the, the launch opening of the book. Of so book. it'll be available. But those are the yeah. ones where if you want it fresh, that's where you get it. Mm-hmm. And lots of 
podcast press and events. Anyways, we're here. We're here for you. We went to lunch with someone this weekend and they had like a real life wedding question and I had like (gasps) too much advice for them. Were you helpful? Do you think they will take your advice? Um, I couldn't tell. It seemed very (laughs) like they weren't actually interested in the advice. I couldn't tell if they were like, okay, good call. It felt like one of those things where like, I was like, you didn't ask for my advice, but I'm going to give it to you. But at no point were they like grateful. Uh, right. They're and in the, like, okay. in the end, the guy's going to do what I said anyway. And I think he was going to, but they did share it with us. And I can tell it to you later if you like. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I bet Hilarious. someone has a similar one on the show. Yeah. Today, when we get to, when we get to this person's question, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay. Hi, AIA team. Need some help? ASAP. Love your podcast. It's a great listen during my graveyard shift shifts when I'm walking around doing my checks. <laughs> and I often find myself laughing out loud by myself in an empty marina looking like a weirdo. I'm the graveyard chef. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a newly single, nearly 40-year-old male. And I recently got back on the dating apps and thought about giving it another shot. I matched with a woman the same age as me, and our profiles were nearly identical to one another's aside from the gender. And we the- both like baseball. And hopefully the picture. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We both like baseball, heavy metal, don't want kids, et cetera. And we agreed to go out and get a drink. We set up a date, place, and time for this Thursday pretty quickly within our first few messages. We left it at that. But when I opened the app this afternoon, (gasps) when I woke up for work, her messages and our match was gone. Oh, no. My question is, should I still go to the brewery and see if she shows up or am I being ghosted? Or should I still go and try a couple new beers and hope she shows up? See you in Vancouver in a couple weeks. That's so cute that you would go and just hope. I mean, I don't know what app you're on or how they work. Like, is it if it's, I mean, is there a way she could have accidentally deleted it? I mean, she could have. And I think I would go just on the hope that she did, but it will be really upsetting if. Okay, here's the thing. If she ghosted you and you go, she'll never know you went anyway. And there's the off chance that like it was a mistake. So no one's, she's never going to know either way. You may as well on the off chance. And I would also, if like, let's say your date was at seven, maybe have a friend plan to meet you at 7.30. That way, it you know, it's you're not wasting the Uber ride there. You can try the beers. Maybe you'll meet someone else. I bet you do, in fact. Um, but it does feel like she ghosted you. But what if he invites a friend and then she shows up and then the friend shows up and is like, I'm no, here. No, she's a half hour late. She's a rude person. You don't want to go out with no. her. So if she shows up at seven, he texts the friend or, and Here's says, what you do. hey, never mind. No, you call your friend, you invite them out, you tell them the situation and be like, if this girl shows up and she's got a great excuse and she's smoking hot, then stand down. You know, yeah. but don't waste getting dressed, going out and all that. And don't give up your night just because of that. So I applaud the fact. It's sweet that you're going to go anyway. I don't know. I hate that I'm thinking if you were a girl, it would be pathetic. But if this is the kind of app where you could feasibly erase it on accident, um, and they, I guess you can't really search for anyone on a dating app. Oh, she had your no. name though. Or does she have your number? Like, did she have just enough? names. Okay. If she has not enough info at all to find you otherwise- I say just go anyway. Why waste a night that you carved out? And it's weirder go if she goes. just to see what happens. Yeah. It's even weirder if she goes. She's like, I wasn't going to see him. I was going to see if he was there. Here. Yeah, I deleted you, but. I'm like excited about you trying a bunch of beers. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You'll have, it sounds like you, you have a backup plan. It'll be nice. And if she shows up, great. Cool. Yeah. 
There you go. And you know what? That's so cute. If she shows up, she's like, oh my God, I erased it. I didn't know. And you could be like, I always knew. I always knew I had to protect you and be there for you. Cynthia. Okay. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and everyone with the pod. This is an AITA question mark, but it's their own personal question. Yeah. I, female, 38, moved across the country in 2017 with my husband and six-month-old child. I didn't know anyone in my new town, so I joined a group for moms of preschoolers. Around nine months later, I ended up meeting a mom, female, late 20s, with a child similar in age to my own. She'll henceforth be known as friend one. A month after we met, friend one's husband filed for divorce and she was devastated. Fast forward through the pandemic years and I met another mom, female, late 30s, who was new to town with two littles and a husband. We'll call her friend two. Okay. I introduced friend two to friend one and we became a close-knit group and started group texting slash having girls night slash babysitting each other's children. It was wonderful. In the fall of last year, we all went on a girls trip for friend one's 30th birthday. One afternoon, we all drank tequila and played board games. Friend cool. one suggested we take off our swimsuits to be, quote, free and get in the hot tub. Friend two started doing naked yoga on the lawn. Ew. Talk of, quote, feminine energy was abundant. My board game pieces were floating on the bubbles in the hot tub. A sexual slash chaotic slash flirty vibe entered the chat, and I became very uncomfortable. What was happening? I excused myself to get ready for our dinner reservation. After my shower, I walked out of the room to see friend one and friend two intensely making out in the hot tub. At this point, another friend arrived at our hotel to ride to dinner with us. I said something like, OMG, can you please tell them it's time for dinner? I feel so awkward. She walked out and tried to get their attention. Friend one flipped her off and gave her an icy glare. Ew. Next, friend one and two scurried out of the hot tub and their activity carried over into the bedroom, which whatever, you do you, but friend two is married and I knew her husband. They completely blew off our dinner reservations and friend one's mom kept calling me because friend one wasn't answering the phone. When we arrived home from the trip, they both said they were just friends and it was a one-off. Friend two even recommended friend one for a job as a therapist at a local Christian organization where she worked. On our next girls' night, they were sneaking off to the bathroom together, leaving me at the table for 20 plus minutes. They began using girls' nights at my house to rendezvous. I firmly put my foot down on that. The situation became so intense and convoluted that I felt like I was in a Lifetime movie. The husband found out about them and oh, he was- Oh, thank God. Yes. Thank God. Okay. Very hurt. Wait, Friends can I just say, because yeah. every time we have questions like this where it's like, do I tell? I always am like, yeah. I don't, this I don't is know. awful. Oh God. All right. Very hurt. Friend two and her husband do well for themselves, but friend one has family money and it made friend two's husband feel even more like shit. Friend one bought a house in this market and suggested that friend two move in with her because friend two's husband was being a, quote, psycho and that she would never be sexually satisfied with him. Okay. I slowly pulled away from both women. Thank God. Then because I listened to your podcast and know you always say talk to them slash walk away, no, I asked uh, to speak to them both separately to why? see where we stand. Why? You already walked away. You already did I it. Felt, no. I felt very adult. I expressed that I was trying to be as honest and careful with my language as I could, that I cared about them both and wanted happiness and love in their lives, but that this scenario felt sleazy. We haven't spoken since. I feel lighter and less anxious, but can't help but wondering. No. Am I the asshole? Looking forward what? to your hot take, anonymously, friend zero. No, it is a tepid take. You already did all the things I would tell you to do. Also, you're like, this is such a girl thing. Like, I feel great. Is there a way I could feel worse? 
I feel great. How do I still feel a little shitty and and wrapped up in this? No, you did the thing. Uh, but by the way, the biggest issue is that she was cheating on her husband and you were party to that. But since the husband found out, I, I, I'm actually not sure what the issue is now. I mean, I guess they stayed married and I think you it just makes you uncomfortable because she's still yeah, cheating. Yeah, I think that... Well, yeah, it sounds like it. And then also, I think being the third wheel, like they'd be like, let's have another girl's night. And then they're in the bathroom making out for 20 minutes. Yeah, it's, you're the third wheel. They're still cheating. The husband doesn't know. And it's more about, it's being the third wheel. You know what? The purpose of you becoming friends with these women was to bring them together. And you fulfilled your purpose and you're in your 20s and it's time to move on. And you said how you felt. I'm assuming it was conveyed elegantly. And that's how you felt. And they have a right to feel how they feel, but at least you were expressed. Kudos to you. And you move on. And like you said, you feel fine. So keep it that way. Don't go looking for a reason to feel bad. There's plenty of them out there. No, it sounds like you dealt with it, but I think I would feel, I don't know if you feel this way. I would feel kind of left out and bad if I had two other friends and they both started hooking up without me. And I would be like, what's wrong with me? Oh, so we get a peek into Emily's. That I just am an envious person. (laughs) Um, I think it's a very girl thing to like have the two friends that leave one out. They even say when girls are little, like never have a sleepover of three. Ow. Yeah, you need two or four. Friend groups of three, let it be. So this is, excuse me, typical girl social behavior. And you shouldn't feel bad because they are fucking each other. (laughs) No, you're not going to be part of that. Yeah, you were never going to be part of that. Kick it. (laughs) This is from Chelsea Klein Coughlin. No need to be anonymous. Hey, AIA crew. I know y'all don't want this to be a mommy podcast, but this stay-at-home mom with a master's needs help. My daughter is about two months younger than Sierra, and while she does not have a glorious head of hair, more like little (laughs) ginger wispies, it hasn't stopped all of mine from falling out. Eliza, I need the Vegamore, Vegamore review and any other postpartum hair tips before I end up bald. Thanks. Let me say this about this, okay? Because... Vegamore did buy ad space on our show and I was conflicted mm-hmm. about it because even in my new book, I'm like, hair growth serums, oils don't work because for the most part, if they worked, everyone would do it, right? If men could regrow their hair, they would be doing it. They wouldn't be buying Maserati's fucking 19-year-olds. So I will say my stylist was coloring my hair and she was looking down at my head and she said, look at all these baby hairs you have growing. I know that women who have babies often lose that little, you know, range of hair around their foreheads. I've never had strong hair there anyway. Um, It's always been like broken little hairs everywhere. More about this in my book. (laughs) So in addition to that, I've done nothing. And I've kind of just been like, look, this is the hair. I'm a big, like, whatever it becomes, that's what it is person. So I think you get a pass because I think a lot of women go through this. And I, if you had good hair before, I don't know what happens to your hair, but I do know that it's incredibly normal to have this like weird Caesar haircut with the little bangs. And uh, I wear a lot of hats because yeah. I don't feel like drying it. And when I do, it like looks absolutely mediocre. So <laughs> I, I um, if I don't blow dry my hair, like if I don't dry it and I just let it dry normally, I wind up with like Lord Farquaad hair. Oh my God, Where it all so is true. like puffed out into a little, totally. into a little helmet. That being said, like I take as good a care of my hair as possible. Like I use Olaplex. I try not to, I try to let it air dry before I style it, but I do sleep on it wet all the time. So, I don't know, maybe go see a, what is it, a trichthiologist? 
trichinologist. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a hair doctor. Take some vitamins, maybe. And I will, you know what? I started taking biotin, like the mm-hmm. day Sierra was born. <laughs> Don't know if that's what caused my hair to grow even the littlest bit, but my nails are very long. So it's very my body to be like, can't give you more hair, but would you like claws? I got some claws. <laughs> so it works somehow, somewhere. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got a DM. Hey, I'm that girl that got ghosted. <gasps> you truly made my night so much better on Saturday. And hearing your podcast and the video on your TikTok made me cry of happiness. Thank Wait. you for being so awesome. I am awesome. Thank you. Wait, just to review so people, because people could be tuning in for the oh, first time. This was, people don't know? Because of our t- last week. All right, you know what? Some people listen to these out of order, all right, Emily? This is about every, even Prestige TV is like last week on Succession. Last time. Okay, do last a last season. time. They don't do last week. They do last time. Basically, I did a show in New Jersey. This girl showed up. She was like, I was supposed to be here with my date. He ghosted me. We dated for six months. And what's crazy is he's standing in this VIP line with his new girl. And so <laughs> I made a whole thing about it and repped super hard for her. And now she's writing to us here. Yeah, she says, I was nervous to go alone, but you made me feel less weird. You are and probably always will be my favorite comedian. And better <laughs> be after that. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that it's-, it's That's nice. it? I think you're- sh- There's no follow-up? Well, she's going to give me an update on, she got a message from the guy, but I'm waiting for the full story. So we'll get into that next week. That's not an update. You can't do that. You can't be like, hey, just drop it in and say it's me. See you later for the update. No. All right, fine. Here's what what she said. (gasps) Why were you going to withhold that? Because she literally just sent it as we were talking. Lies. Lies on my pod. I believe you. Don't show your screen to my screen. Now you're writing to her. I also liked Heat 3. Okay. Uh, okay. No. Okay. So he said, meet me this week to talk. <gasps> no. And meet, she said- he said, meet me at a brewery on Thursday? No. Okay. <laughs> she said, no, I'm good. You ghosted me. Still went to the show that you knew meant a lot to me. Was You ghosted me and still went to the show that you knew meant a lot to me with some other girl. I saw you kiss her last night. Have the life oh. you deserve. And then a TikTok link. Is that your TikTok? No, because this is from a week ago. Uh, and he said- Classic. Gotta say, wow. And then two minutes later, meet me for a drink. Ew. And she said, why? So you can explain yourself? And he said, yes. And she said, fine, Monday after PT. Oh, uh, she said, in. okay. What's PT? And then, Physical therapy? Personal training? I assume. And then she said, Potty he time. also canceled that. <gasps> so he canceled that night. Okay. Oh, the link, it was a screen recording of her Instagram story. So when you posted about her that night at the show, she sent that to him. <laughs> Okay, whatever. What do you want to say to her? She was going to meet with him for another drink. It, you left the door open. You left the, you're like, why? See, like you are owed an explanation, but he can call you. And mm-hmm. also that is such like negging beta shit male energy. Like, wow, classic. Hoping you'll be like, what? Wow, what's classic? Me? Block, delete, move on. And now comb through your relationship and try to see all the red flags you missed. He can give you the excuse over the phone. Yeah. And by the way, he's bulletproof. Men don't respond to like, you're an asshole. You really, Chuck Taylor, you're a dick. Like they don't, no guy's like, wow, I thought about it. I really fucked up. What was that movie? Chad Taylor must die. John Tucker. John Tucker. (laughs) Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor is shoes. The quicker you move on from this, the better. 
This guy probably wanted to meet you for a drink and then like have like goodbye sex. One last time sex. Blast off for the road. Yeah. Just what a turd. Don't talk. He's not worth it. It's a crazy story. It's a good story. And now you can be done with him. He can go make out with that other girl. Yeah. If he ever reaches out, be like, please feel free to put in a voice note or an email or a text or call me, but I'm not meeting up with you. Ugh. I can't believe yeah. But also note that like I, as a comedian, was super professional and did not out him, say anything to him. Like I still saw him as a fan and ticket holder. This is the <laughs> professionalism you get when you attend one of my shows. Good for you. AITA on AIA. Okay, so this is fan submitted and it's not quite an AITA. It's from Relationship Advice, but it is so crazy that we're going to do it anyway. Oh, so it's, okay? not, it's not on Reddit. It is on Reddit. But it's on r slash relationship underscore advice. And one of your fans DM'd it to us. Oh, I love that. Okay. it's just good. Let them do the work. Great. I'm ready. (laughs) My 35 male girlfriend, 35 female, tells her coworkers that we are cousins. What? My 35 male girlfriend? I'm 35. My girlfriend's 35. Who's the male? I'm a boy. She's the person who's writing. We don't know that the girlfriend doesn't identify as male. And now you're canceled. It says my, and then in parentheses, 35M. GF, and then in parentheses, 35 female. Yeah, that parentheses so, is in the wrong place, but okay. Okay. Well, my girlfriend and I have been together for six years. Oh, I didn't even finish it. My girlfriend tells her coworkers that we are cousins. <laughs> my girlfriend and I have been together for six years. She keeps hinting at wanting to get married and talking about what her wedding will be like someday. So I decided to take the hint. I bought an engagement ring a week ago and I'm planning to pop the question sometime soon. Well, over the weekend, she had a work function. This was the first time she's invited me along. I'm not super outgoing, but I was kind of looking forward to meeting all these coworkers she talks about so much. For some reason, every time we talked to someone, she introduced me as her cousin. I thought it was a joke at first, but she kept at it the whole day. When we were driving home, I asked her what that was all about, and she said she, quote, didn't want people to have the wrong impression. When I asked what that meant, she said she didn't want to talk about it anymore, and I shouldn't be so upset. She then switched the conversation to her favorite TV show. Why would she introduce me as her cousin? Should I insist on her telling me why she did that before I propose? Because she's cheating on you. Well, so then he added, wait, wait. What's not right about this is that at the event, he wasn't like, what are you doing? Like, is this a sitcom where only after everything has transpired in the car is when we first come back to that subject? That's weird. Okay, I'm just saying. Nodding at me, but I'm just saying. Well, okay, so here's the update. Okay. He says about him and his girlfriend, we would say, quote, love you, but looking back now, it was more of a friendly kind, kind of like a love you guys. We would hang out a lot and share a lot of our feelings. We sometimes would go to a movie together, grab dinner with just the two of us, but oftentimes we did things together as a group. One time that sticks out is she organized a double date. Looking back now, I realized that I was actually supposed to be on a date with the other girl while she was with her boyfriend. That explains a lot now, like why the other girl kept brushing up against me and stuff and why she seemed really sullen at the end of the double date. Man, I'm such an idiot. Wait. What? This girl, he might not have even been dating this girl for the last six years. Six years. Get, this is insane. Let's move on. And the guy's lying <laughs> and something. This, this guy tried to do like a funny 
a funny scenario on a okay, very so here's serious the update. Reddit. I decided to give her a call and be very blunt with her. I asked her if she was cheating and she seemed confused. When told I you. pressed, she got angry and told me that she's always been faithful to her boyfriend. Now it was my turn to be confused and I asked who her boyfriend was. Long story short, she's been dating another guy for the past year. She's been hoping he would propose, hence all the wedding talk. Apparently, she's never thought of me as her boyfriend. I misread that badly. She kept alternating between very apologetic, saying, I am so sorry if I gave you the wrong impression. What? And Stop. how could you have possibly thought we were together? What? This is either perfect example of like male weirdo delusion or this guy is just fully crazy or she's a psychopath. Either way, we don't have enough info on any of them. This is so Okay, weird. do you want a real AITA? Yeah, and whoever sent this in, you better do better next time. <laughs> I liked it. AITA for telling my daughter I won't be paying for her college unless she attempts a relationship with my family. Oh. I, 38 male, have a 19-year-old daughter, Ariel, with my ex-wife, Lauren, 39 female. We had Ariel too young, and it was a huge struggle. We moved into Lauren's families. I was working multiple jobs. Me and Lauren were best friends through all this, but things ended when Ariel was two. Lauren's friend Tori told me that Lauren had been messaging guys and when they went out, she would give out her number. I checked Lauren's phone and found it. I asked for a divorce. Lauren was pissed and wanted to reconcile. I didn't and got split custody. Lauren made my life hell. Lauren badmouthed me, would miss pickup times and make decisions without talking to me. Her dad offered money to relinquish custody. I told him off. Ariel is now 19 and just started college. The deal was me and her mom would split it. I remarried Tori when Ariel was six. Tori was a rock during the divorce, but we didn't date till two years later. Lauren used this to warp Ariel against Tori and our son, 13 male. She excludes them. Whenever she spends a night, she'll just talk to me or go to her room if my family was around. Our son walks to the basement if she comes over. It hurts me a lot. I've spent thousands on therapy before people bring that up. It's still being utilized. But at this point, Ariel is being nasty for the sake of it. Her mom has convinced her I cheated with her friend and had a baby, which is funny because as I've pointed out, the timelines don't even match up. I've done everything at this point, including family time, one-on-one and therapy. Ariel is plain rude to them and they are done trying. Ariel graduated from high school in May and hosted a party. I was invited, but my family wasn't. I told Ariel I found that disrespectful. So I'd send a card, but wouldn't be going. She didn't care and we haven't spoken since. I get a call from Lauren saying she paid the first semester is wondering when I'd be paying. I said I was no longer paying as I'm not pulling money out of my household when Ariel is disrespectful to two thirds of it. My ex went off saying we had an agreement. I reminded her of when her dad tried to buy my custody and said, you have what you always wanted, full control and custody, you won, so figure it out. Then text her that I've been putting up with this long enough. She got her 18 years of child support from me, so until she planned on setting the record straight that I was done with both of them and blocked her. I called Ariel and told her the same. Gave the reasons I'm not paying and told her she needed to look into loans, but I would pay for college if she at least tried to form a bond with my family because she created the situation with her attitude. So she wants my help. She needs to attempt it. She started crying, but I didn't fall for it. Told her what my expectations were and to let me know what her plan is so I can move the money around. My wife is on my side here saying we've been the bad guys for long enough, but I'm getting shit from others. A-I-T-A. I was surprised the top comment is not what I think. Okay. Let's hear what a random faceless probably bot thinks. The top comment is not the asshole. Yeah. I think even if your daughter is rude as hell, you said you would pay for half of her college. 
Like you said, this isn't paying for her to go to Europe. This is college paying half of her college expenses so she can go to school. This is so she this can be set up for life, not be in crippling debt. Like this is, I mean, the difference between having that paid for and not will set the tone for the rest of your life. Well, and the repeated use of like, she's not getting along with my family, my family, my family. She's your family too. Mm -hmm. Ooh, good call. Like that's, he never calls her his family. She's just like, she's not being nice to my family. She's not getting along with my family. It's so difficult because you have so many women pit against each other. And this makes it so much more difficult. Plus she's like a teenage girl. Like what is she? It's really hard to bond with like a 13 year old. Uh, And you know, it is that typical story of like the mom versus the stepmom. The mother is the reason, I hate to say this, the reason this girl has an attitude because the girl isn't, first of all, how did she get into college if she can't calculate like how long it takes to make a baby (laughs) and like the difference between, that's a six year difference (laughs) between her and her brother. So um, I think it's about sitting down with the mom, maybe even in front of the daughter and being like, your mom needs to set this straight but I don't think withholding that because, okay, what do you want her to do? Be like, hi, like, hi, Teddy and Susan. How are you guys? Like, is that worth it? This is a a control thing. It is 100% a control thing. Like, I think this isn't like, again, this isn't like frivolous money. Like, this is important. This is part of what you've promised her. I mean, even just what does she have to do to get you to like her? Like, it sounds like she comes over and your kid, your son goes and hides. Like, what is, what What is she she doing to to them? I mean, he probably just like, this sucks, but like, it's more like what, what's the bare minimum she could do that you'd be okay with? Like just yeah, because I feel like if she just if she just comes over, if you're like you have to come over for money, and then she comes over, you're gonna be like, well, you don't seem like you mean it. You're taking out your anger at the mom on the daughter, and the mom is a byproduct of y'all's relationship. So, but also, yeah. you know, you did pay your custody. Like she's not a child anymore. But to be like, you got what you wanted. It's like, well, the mom doesn't have custody. She's an adult. You said you'd pay yeah. for it. You can pay for it. And it's a real penis move to not. Yeah. I think it's weird to lord money over someone so they give you the emotional response that you feel you deserve. And to bring up, I mean, Ariel's 19 now and the custody battles were when she was two to bring up something that happened 17 years ago that the dad offered money for him to relinquish custody and be like, look, now you have it. Yeah, yeah. You're all holding on to the past. This person's not listening, but no. I say you no, sit they're down. Not. What where you did all this money in therapy? How come no one sat down and been like, "Hey, you got to set the record straight about did you cheat or not?" I'm not convinced you didn't. By the way, I just I'm think you didn't either. get her pregnant. So there's that. In which case, yeah, she's kind of entitled to like not be jazzed about this, but yeah, you're stunting your daughter. By not giving uh, anytime her that money. Anytime someone's defensive of the timeline, like he's saying like, you know, we were just friends for two years before we started dating. Like, okay, right. sure. Some, something's going on. You can't have it both yeah. ways. Check it. Hey, 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 crew. I have an interesting question that I'd like your perspective on. I'm 33, and the guy I was with 10 years ago now works at the same company I do. Things ended badly when I found out I was pregnant and miscarried the same day. We haven't spoken since. 
The local office is open and my team is going in once a month. I see him almost every time we are in the office. We haven't spoken, but when I see him, I want to talk to him and see if maybe he'd apologize for the way he acted. I'm pretty sure he was engaged or married when we were together. I found that out after all this. I realize this means I still think about him, but I wonder if he thinks about me too. It was 10 years ago and I'm married with a son and very happy, but would love to close the chapter. Should I reach out via email, say something next time I see him in the office, or leave it alone? Help. Thank you. Can't wait to see your new special and read your book. Thank you. (sighs) I think it's okay that it's not even so much that you still care as much as like it's still a wound. Because that's a really tumultuous thing to go through. And even though you're like a different person now and it's also far away, I mean, Lord knows not only COVID, but having a child lengthens your perception of the gap of time between who you were and who you are now. Trying to sell a show about that as we speak. Um, I think you owe it to yourself if it's something you think about to rid yourself of that. Because I guess the question is, what are you hoping to hear? You're hoping that he'll say, that was really shitty. That was a bad situation. I'm sorry. But there's also the version where you reach out and he's like, hey, psycho, this was forever ago. And he just sort of reaffirms the shitty things you thought. So I think I, in the middle of a whole monologue. All right, go ahead. No, you go. I'm just, I'm so worried for this person because legally, I think you shouldn't say anything via work email or anything. Oh, God, I no. I think it's not a good look. No, just, for- um, I would go up to him at work. By the way, I don't know what kind of work. So I don't know if you're having to engage with him or if it's just like you see him on your way to the vending machine. But if it's possible, if if your interaction is unpleasant or stressful, it might be worth pulling him aside and being like, hey, I just wanted to like clear the air. You know, what you don't want to do, yeah. I, I, I think it's what are you hoping to get out of this? And is there a way that you can relieve yourself by even engaging with him? Because there is a version where he says something worse and then you feel even worse, but do not put it in company. You could do it in regular Gmail chat. What does your partner think about it? The other side of it is like, shit was crazy 10 years ago, just let it go. But if you have to work with him and it's affecting the way you guys work, then maybe say something. Yeah, just do not put anything in any form of communication where it can be brought up to a boss. Like my coworker is harassing me about something that happened a decade ago. Also, I just, you have to really think like, what is it that you want out of this? You want him to acknowledge he did something shitty to you. You want him to apologize for making you a party to cheating. I don't know if he was supportive during the miscarriage. Would you have wanted to keep that Sounds baby? Like not. Get get it in your head right what you hope to get out of this and then be very prepared to not get that. And, yeah. and will you feel better having tried to broach it if he completely shuts it down? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah, that's I, all you can do. Yeah, I can't answer it. I mean, I can give you an answer or not. I say definitively. <laughs> I mean, I would say something personally. That's what I would do. Actually, Hello to my favorite. Actually, I got to say, I had this, yours was about a miscarriage, but I had an abortion. And if the guy that was involved in that reached out to me, I think I'd just erase it. They didn't do anything wrong, yeah. but I'd be like, I just have nothing to say to you. Yeah. You were really hot then. I hope you're still hot now for your sake. Have a nice life. I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> I would just erase it. I, I do that with a lot of people that reach out. I'm like, we have nothing, I have nothing to say. 
good, bad, yeah. indifferent. I just, I got nothing. I also be curious, would you tell your current husband that you're reaching out to him or would you do it in the darkness of night? Like yeah. how much does he know about that this is still so weighing so heavily on your mind. I think it's natural that it would yeah. stir it up that yeah. you're seeing him for the first time in a long time, but you're going to have to contend with that at some point. Yeah, and I would be careful. I don't know what kind of partner you have, but you know, you don't want him to be like, what, you still got feelings? Hopefully he'd be supportive. Mm-hmm. My husband would be like, yeah, you should, you know, think about what so outcome you what? want, try to get it, but be prepared to not. So it's all on you, baby. Hello to my favorite voices on the internet. Here's some context. Him, 35 male. Me, a 27 female. Insert my favorite Thunderdome noises. <laughs> Scott, do it! <laughs> Both just got out of relationships early this year. Mine, very short-term. His, much more complicated. A very long-term on and off that they finally pulled the plug on. We've been talking since March and sleeping together and hanging since April. We've traveled together, spent almost all of our time together. So, I thought things were going really well. But I noticed he had kind of pulled back recently. Work's been stressful. Nah. I decided to ask him what was nah. on his mind. I'm going to majorly summarize <laughs> here to keep this short. He's like, this but. girl that I got pregnant 10 years ago reached out to me. <laughs> Is that my work? In the company ping pong room. Okay. <laughs> but the, I'm tr- going to try to keep this short. But this was like a three-hour conversation. His biggest points. He feels he's not getting enough space. He's still feeling hesitant to do this 100%. He feels like there's less of a connection at this point in the relationship than he would like for there to be. He doesn't understand how the relationship can be so good on paper. Great movie, by the way. And feel not fully connected to me. Says I'm not always present enough, but also says I am the perfect definition of what he wants in a partner. He also says our conversation cadence is off and that I often unload for long periods of time, which doesn't leave any room for him to do the same or to comment while I'm talking, i.e. I talk too much. Mm. One point he made was that we never share any silence together. Mm. Silence together for him is how connection and relationships form. Silence for me means distance, pulling away, and relationship failure. So I'm constantly trying to fill the empty space. Him not getting that silence makes him pull away a little, and for me, being silent makes me try too hard. He said his most successful relationships, he was able to find those silences very early on, where I have never experienced success or good silence. He's worried about the connection or lack of, says the age difference could be a factor, but also constantly tells me how impressed he is with my career and how mature I am. And he says he feels like there's a silly, playful side of him that hasn't been able to come out around me, and he really wants it to. My question— do I try to evolve a little and learn to be okay with some some together-in-the-moment silence, or do I walk away and find someone who just loves me for me? Like, I'm loud and hyper and excitable and just genuinely happy, and this was all so hard for me to hear. P.S. This is making him sound like a total piece of crap. I feel like he's having a midlife crisis, but he's genuinely the nicest, most put-together, doesn't play video games, goes to therapy, well-rounded man I have ever met in my life. Oh, and neither of us wants kids, but both definitely want to be married one day. My biggest issue is that at 35, you're saying he's having a midlife crisis. So take it easy, young buck. Look, you sound perfectly normal and perhaps you are a little insecure. And it's a nasty thing because your insecurity is what makes you try harder, but in trying hard, you come off as insecure. So- I think you have to do both things. I think you're right to want to maybe evolve, but you can't change because someone gives you a list of these things because within that list are things that are sort of just fundamentally who you are. And I can understand being nervous so wanting to fill the gaps, but you want a guy who fills in your gaps and that sounds dirty, but like, You want a guy that naturally fits in with who you are. And by the way, you're going to change. 
you're going to change. You're going to slow down. You're going to become more self-aware, self-assured. In a perfect world, you find someone that's perfect for now. In a super perfect world, you find someone that changes with you. The better version of this guy is him being like, hey, is it cool if we just sit for a minute? And you're like, oh, okay, great. And he didn't do anything wrong, but the way he's listing it out, he's sugarcoating that you aren't right for him. And you were right at first. And it's weird because it vacillates. It's like, this sounds great, but da-da-da. There is no, when you meet someone that's like the person for you, there is no like, he's perfect, but. Nobody, you don't say it like that. Like, of course, Noah isn't perfect, but I never think about the imperfect things as an impasse. So this guy isn't for you. And he Mm -hmm. and you are both really trying to make this work. And you will resent him if you change any of who you are. And one day you will find a guy that you're okay being quiet around because he doesn't make you nervous that he's not into you. So it can be that you, that he did nothing wrong and he's telling you, and of course he's going to stick around. You guys are having sex. You're probably really hot. He's telling you and you should listen to him. But I love that you might want to change. That's great. You always want to evolve, but on your own terms, not to conform what he thinks the better version of you is. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I think this is a case where neither of you are the asshole. You both are yeah. just, you have, you're you just very different. And it worked when you were just having sex, but now sure. you're having to sit together in silence or not silence. If just having sex wasn't enough in the moment, no one would have a one night stand. And I look back at my relationship with Noah and I think about moments where I was like, man, that was a really rough thing you said to him or wow, you, that's not a cool way to act. And he just like weathered that storm. He's like, I know if I right. hold on, she'll ask me to move in and then I can set up my toothbrush somewhere. <laughs> he wasn't like, you talk too much and make too many animals. <laughs> and there are times where I'm like, oh my God, I'm just unloading. And he is never annoyed. And I know every guy's like, he doesn't tell you. But like, it's never like, hey, you're annoying me. No. And I've definitely said it to him. Oh no. But he would be comfortable enough, I think, to tell you like, hey, hold it a beat. Like, let's cool it. It's all about comfort. I think that there's just, there's not communication in this relationship in a way that's working. Also, I'm sorry. I'm, I get like a little skeeved out. Like he's always telling me how impressed he is with my maturity. Like low Lita vibes. She's 27, not 10. And he's 35, not 50. And so you're probably emotionally the same and you might be in different places, but something about that, like you don't want those compliments. You want that from from your subordinate. You don't want that from someone who's older than you being like, wow, really impressed. You're like, okay, what do you do that's so incredible? Right. Right? Like how many missions to Mars have you led? (laughs) All right. Top of cob. It's the top of the cob. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. All right. My, oh God, it's so, I had two bottoms of the cob, but one's really awful. My bottom of the cob is I was on one of my zombie marathon TikTok scrolls and I saw an image of what, I saw an image inside an elementary school classroom and they had written all the rules for active shooter drills. And I know that kids have to do them and it makes my stomach turn, but seeing it written out on extra wide line paper where you should have like your ABCs and grammar rules and like... (laughs) songs for memorizing multiplication. It was like, stay silent, stay out of sight, like go under your desk, turn out the light, 
This is why you're having nightmares. hundred percent. I took TikTok off my phone and I just, you know, this isn't a problem that there's no way to address. Um, I don't, is it a thing that schools just like don't lock the front doors as well as a gun control they, issue? I don't, I mean, I'll, they do. I'll be honest, just seeing that and thinking about my little girl and all those children and how horrific this world is that we're giving them because of people who are just selfish and hopefully your kids don't have to pay the price for some lobbyist, gun manufacturer, politician, billionaire having like extra money for a third yacht. And it's just really weighed on me. That's my bottom of the cup. Did you have another one you said? Yeah, but it's about talk to text in a car. <laughs> okay. It's, I'll just do it. Is that, is that in my car, you know, you, you have like a button. I don't have Siri, but it's a Volvo. So it's just like directions to Emily's house. But if I want to talk text in my phone, it also has to go through the car. And I hate that. I just want to do it into the phone. I don't want yeah. it to go through the car. That's, that's my big, my big, my big, big, big bomb. What's your big bottom? My bottom is also related to cars. Um, it is roach season in Georgia. It's been wet out, oh. out and about. So I got in my car last night to drive home from my parents' house. My parents' house has a lot of <gasps> ivy, a lot of trees. I got in the car, I started driving, mm. and then a roach scuttled across the driver's side window. Oh. oh, And I almost got into an accident. And it turned out it was on the outside, but I thought it was on the inside. And I was like, <laughs> I like swung the wheel. No one was out because it was like 10 p.m. I was in my parents' neighborhood, but it was, I was like, and then I got home and I told my parents, I was like, I made it home. Also, I almost died because of this roach. <laughs> like, that, what are you doing? So creepy. My top of the cob it. is raw shrimp. Um, <laughs> we went to this secret LA, like Agua Chile Ceviche uh, hotspot um, in someone's backyard. And we had Agua Chile with, uh, it was it was shrimp. I don't know if agua chile is always shrimp. I think it's just fish. Anyways, this is just shrimp. So it's like served with the head and the body's laying there and there's this like gummy texture to raw oh. shrimp that I happen to love. And <laughs> it was in the green apple ceviche, super crisp. And I was just like picking out all the shrimp. And I also love, uh, I also love raw shrimp in like Ama Ebi, which is where they deep fry the head and give you just the dead raw body. And uh -huh. I'm just a harp seal scooping up gourmet snacks. <laughs> My top of the cup is also a PSA with the new student loan forgiveness. If you paid your loan during the freeze, you can get that money refunded. Ooh. Theoretically, I called this morning. I paid a year worth of loan because I still was lucky enough to be employed with you. And so I kept paying while the interest was low. I paid a year after the freeze, I am getting all of that money refunded to me via my loan provider. So call your loan provider. You can, if you paid during the freeze, you can get that money back potentially. Mm -hmm. That is life-changing money. You can split you get it. a year's worth of student loan payments you back. Just, you split it with me. You split it with me. <laughs> also, Emily only took out a $500 loan, but got a terrible interest rate and it has just wreaked havoc. <laughs> Folks, that is a great PSA. I feel like people don't know that. Yeah. That is yeah. a fantastic PSA. Folks, we're seeing you. We're doing this pod. Please do me a favor. Leave a review. <laughs> leave a review yes. for the pod. On Apple. It really doesn't. Reviews don't exist. Apple Stitcher. Uh, it's not in all the in all the apps, but definitely Apple has it if you have that app on your phone. Is this Apple, the purple one? 
The one that's built in. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Just po- the podcast oh. app. You know what? I take it back. We have way more reviews than I thought. I was looking at a different app, but you what know what? What are you looking at? The Spotify. Oh, yeah. Leave a review on Spotify. 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 Load right. up. And please, if you haven't, give it a five-star rate, regardless of how you feel. And <laughs> come see me in Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton. And then come see me stateside in West Virginia and Columbus. Tickets are at eliza.com slash tour. And uh, that book's coming out. And we're right here for you. Feed me dead shrimp. Shrimp. <laughs>